my wife bought me a new brand of boxer, one I am as yet unfamiliar with. And as it inevitably comes to occur, I need to take a leak. I'm the kind of guy that goes through the boxer slash boxer brief slash brief pee hole. If you're unfamiliar, there's like a double flap that you can pull apart and yank your cock through and take a leak. So I go to look for this double flap. I can't find it. I find a lot of sewn hems, I guess you would call them, ribbed areas where fabric has been sewn together, but I can't find the goddamn flap, the, the, the initial exterior opening flap, and it's getting to a point where I'm literally going to piss my pants. I, I have to go, and I can't find the goddamn flap. And with hindsight being 2020, I could have just undid my belt and, you know, went over the top of the elastic band, but in the moment, I was goddamn certain I could find the flap. Everyone finds the flap. It's a normal thing that guys have to deal with on a regular basis. Everyone knows the goddamn flap. I can't find it. I, I'm, I'm reminded immediately of being a child. Eh, a young man, let's be fair. Uh, the first time I ever uh, got with a girl and I was fucking wading my way through oceans of labia not being able to find what you're supposed to find. And I gotta take a goddamn leak! I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's great to have you. It is August the 9th, and as of today, we have, it's weird that I'm smiling, I'm about to say this, we have uh, 19,848,959 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with 730,385 deaths. But I got a great show for you today. That's right. We're going to start with the devil's advocate. We're going to talk a little bit. This is like a callback. And of course, if you watch my daily thought vlogs, you may have known this was coming. This is part two. Part deux. <laughs> Prayer is prevarication. Reality is ritual. In uh, the Infernal Informant, I got two articles for you. Trump signs executive actions after stimulus talks break down on Capitol Hill. And Joe Biden says he won't stand in the way of a possible prosecution of Trump. That is a wee bit misleading. And we'll get into that in just a second. Of course, in the third segment, Creature Feature, I'm going to talk about a show I just watched on Shudder, and it kind of blew my mind. Host. This is the 2020 feature-length-ish, it's like an hour, film. Great. We'll talk about it in just a tick. All right. All right. Now, look. I just got done watching Lords of Chaos. And so I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm wading my way through a bunch of different emotions right now. So if I, I seem out of sorts, <laughs> that is absolutely why. We just started reading the book in uh, the book club, and we had our first meeting today about the first four chapters. And I thought I had a handle on what was to come until I watched the film that's on the documentary, I guess. It's like a fictionalized drama almost. Uh, on Hulu, and uh, kind of fucked me up, if I'm being honest. Anyway, I'm dealing with it. How you doing, Valeria? Good to see you, my dear. William, what's up, man? Vasuri! You know, it's funny. Every time when we're in a book club, and someone is saying something, because, again, it's through the internet, and so people, it's like double dutch, basically. Like, you're, you know, double dutch jump roping. Um, someone's always, like, waiting to just jump in and talk. Vashiri is one person that I'm always waiting to hear what he says. Doesn't always get to say it. I'm always curious. What the fuck is that guy going to say? Don't always find out. I don't know. 
Uh, dog, how you doing, hon? Good to see you. Lucas. Jeff. Jeff. How you doing, man? Dr. Cindy Ravenmoon. Eden, thanks for joining us. Sean, how you doing, man? Marissa. Hi, hi. Satanic Chris. What up? Uh, eight ball. All right. I like me some pool, too. Christopher, how you doing, man? Kelly, what's up? Uh, and who else? Who else? Who else? Is that it? Silly Schwashtika. <laughs> to see you and your silly name. Ashworth, how you doing? All right. Uh, what's up, Hilsane? All right. So during the course of this conversation, we're going to be going over a bunch of different types of topics as that's how nine cents goes, right? If you have a comment or a question or you want to share your thoughts or you want to shit on mine, that's okay. Do it in the chat and we'll talk about it when it's appropriate. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I just had a survey. I got the feedback from the survey from a number. <laughs> like, I'm always pleased with how much feedback I actually get. And as I mentioned in a daily vlog, it's contradictory feedback because one person will say um you need to chill out and only do a couple things a week or you know one thing a week and then i'll get someone who's like hey do more daily satanic stuff uh, i get people saying uh, i hate the reading aloud shit please stop and then i get other people saying i love the reading aloud shit uh, i wish you would expand on it so i don't know what to do <laughs> i'm just gonna do what i like to do that's what i'll do um the truth is i've gotten some pretty good feedback and I'm going to take it to heart and, and apply it moving forward in the best way possible. That being said, I'm surprised at how many of you really don't like some of the fucking shows I put out. I could respect it, but sweet hell. Um, okay. So I just saw Jurassic Park in the theater with my nephew and his wife and one of his uh, friend couples. And because theaters are closed down right now, you can literally rent out a theater for like a hundred bucks. And watch whatever, I'm assuming whatever film. I don't really know how he chose Jurassic Park, but that's what he chose. And so we went to the theater, bought concessions, which were much less expensive than they traditionally are, and had the entire theater to ourselves. So we're just talking and laughing and screaming and reacting and having a great fucking time, even doing a little bit of, you know, having a good laugh. Great time. I wish this was how theaters always were. Such a good goddamn time. Anyway, thank you, man, for having me on that. I appreciate it. Next week, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a show out to you guys. I've got Man Camp. That's going to start Friday. It's going to go through till Sunday. I've got travel time to take into consideration. And I'm probably going to be really worn out from doing what we're going to be doing. So I don't know if it's going to come next week. But if it does, it's going to be last minute. So if you want to tune into a last minute type of show, it may hit you. If you don't hear or see anything, that's why. All right, let's dive in with the Devil's Advocate in our first segment. throw up an image and we're just going to start to riff because we got some stuff to talk about you and i we're going to use this image for fun okay uh prayer is prevarication and ritual is reality this is part two the first part was the second of october xlvi on a satanus um i mean it's 46 <laughs> just hoping that's right Nine years ago, I, I did this segment on Nine Cents where I spoke about the idea, uh, the, the juxtaposition, if we're being fair, between prayer and ritual. In the context of the very short discussion, one-sided as these traditionally are on Nine Cents, I, I came to the conclusion that they are dramatically different and that uh, because they're dramatically different in so many different possible ways, um, it was a complete lie that prayer was effective. And as with nearly everything I examine on a daily basis, my opinions alter and adjust and shift and morph and possibly change. In this particular case, I still think prayer is a fucking lie. <laughs> 
by the example of uh, just one of any billions that you can pull out of a fucking hat of uh, the mass gathering of Jews at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem uh, during a mad drought and praying for rain. And then some weeks later, rain comes and they all claim success. That's a lie. <laughs> Prevarication is a sneaky lie. That's what prayer is. It's a sneaky fucking lie. You're, you're trying to take uh, claim uh, authority over something in which was pure coincidence. But it's not exclusive to prayer. Right? We can see this in Greater Magic Ritual all the fucking time. Um, I suppose on the nose, the most important difference is that with Satanic Magic, Greater Magic, after you have completed the ritual, you should be done. Caring, concerning, focusing, being hung up by whatever it is that put you into the decompression chamber in the first place. That's the point of satanic ritual, right? Uh, whereas prayer, it's not. I'm less concerned nowadays with proving the fallacies inherent in other religions, specifically Abrahamic religions, uh, hypocrisies, right? Their dogma. Uh, as I am in focusing on what works for me as a Satanist. And that's a shift that took me years to realize. Because even after I closed what I would consider my first phase chapter in life, as a Satanist, I was still hung up for years on uh, the dogma that I was raised in and that seems to be pervasive in our culture in America. And you can extrapolate that pretty much to any human culture across the globe. Fill in your absurd religious title. And so I, I always like to re-examine ideas, right? You guys know this about me. Um, probably too much, but it's what I do. Uh, and so I wanted to re-examine what, what is it that is the draw for people, for prayer, and what's the compare and contrast there between the draw of ritual for us, right? Um, one of the, the centric ideas in Satanism is that human beings as an animal need ritual. It is a part of our makeup, of our human experience. All humans have done it from the dawn, before we were even considered human, um, uh, Denisovans had death rites. Uh, it was one of the species of, of what would eventually morph into the humanity that we understand right now. Um, Neanderthal, Neanderthals had, had, had complex uh, rituals in life that we are, are pretty much ignorant to, but we find remnants of. And so we know, and we know animals have, have sort of... Um, habits that they they go through and so you know one can ascribe ritualistic uh, connection with those as well if it's centric to what it means to be a human animal and the expression is simply different why would we then shit on one and celebrate the other is one completely made up and the other grounded in magic Unknown eventual science, human tradition, right? So I looked into why I, uh, what I could find on, on why people pray and stuff. And um, some reasons why people pray are uh, they feel like whatever is happening in their life, they don't have any control over, right? And so in order to get their hands around it, they fall back on the mysticism, the lore, the mythology, the dogma that they were taught as a toolbox in order to get their hands around whatever is happening in their life that they have no absolute control over. Um, essentially, they're ultimately asking 
help from a higher power. But if you strip away the idea, the, 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 the conceptualizing, the thinking of ritual, in the ritual chamber, when you've stripped away your cerebral mind, that's exactly what Satanists are doing. Exactly. Uh, in nomine de nostri luciferi excelsi, in the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of the world, I call upon you, etc., etc. How is that different than the act of prayer? So if they're both forms of ritual, right, why would one be successful and the other wouldn't? And why would there be an entire area of study about the effectiveness of prayer if it doesn't work? If they haven't seen some sort of benefit, ultimately. And then are we just cutting fucking hairs then? If there does seem to be for some people some benefit to prayer. And we're standing over here in our fucking ritual chambers laughing at them. And I'm not asking for perspective to understand or accept or empathize. I don't care. I'm asking for a self-examination. Because if we strip away everything about Satanism, that's really what it's about. It's about you stripping away all the pretense, being honest with who and what you are and improving that, realizing real life successes, right? So why would we be hung up on what other people are doing? I mean, it's one thing to be overly obsessed and hence try to shit on and discredit what they're doing. That's a little bit too much, right? A healthy human being doesn't really care what other people are doing as long as it doesn't affect them as the individual. They move on about their own life. But that's not what we all do. And so I try to find some sort of understanding, right? There's a 2011 study that found a prayer can help reduce anger and aggression. Um, and I have some links in the show notes if you guys want to explore some of this after the fact. There's another study that found that when dating and marrying partners who prayed for one another, they tend to be less aggressive and more inclined to forgive. It's interesting. I'm not, I don't have any real hangups about forgiveness. I mean, I understand that's like a Judeo-Christian linchpin of belief, but if, if I care about you as a human, I'm going to forgive you for your faults because I am riddled <laughs> with my own, and I would rather focus on the here and now than past inconveniences. And so just for me personally, I don't, I don't really care that much. Um, and then I wanted to sort of juxtapose the, the success or the reason why prayer is a thing with why ritual is a thing. And of course, you know, we have a lot of information on that. Um, even simple rituals can be extremely effective. Rituals performed after experiencing losses do alleviate grief. And rituals performed before high-pressure tasks do in fact reduce anxiety and increase people's confidence. Rituals appear to benefit even people who claim not to believe that rituals work. There's a study on that from the Scientific American. Again, the article will be linked uh, in my show notes on my website. So, this is exactly what the doctor was talking about with destruction rituals in particular. The more they disbelieve it, the more it affects them. Now it seems like there's a little bit of scientific study to back that theory. Um, but it's never been something that I've argued against. It's always been something that I've just accepted because it feels real in my brain. Now that it's proven real, it just sort of reinforces that idea. But again, I can't help but think there's not much difference from my original discussion saying that there was a massive amount of difference and now in reflection of the two, I don't know that there really is. I mean, certainly there's small things like intention and direction and emotion. And you can say those aren't small, but if you want to take a step back and look at a bird's eye view of it, they're pretty small when you're looking at an act and realizing effects from an act, right? Um, one thing that I, I, I kind of came to a realization of between the two, and I like to focus on ritual because for me, that's what's relevant. 
is that the outcome of the ritual is not as important as the act of the ritual and what you do next, the steps that you take after you've left the ritual chamber. And I think of all of the differences, this may be the most important one about why prayer ultimately seems to be a lie and ritual is reality. Because the, the, the entire purpose of satanic ritual is to shake loose those hindrances, those hang-ups, those things that are just gnawing at you on a regular basis that you cannot deal with with lesser magic. And so you use greater magic to alleviate yourself of these hang-ups so that you can then move forward with lesser magic and your own talents and achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve or help those that you're trying to help or fucking destroy those that have asked for it, right? That's the important part. It's not the ritual. That's shaking loose the problems. It's not the realization of what happens after the ritual because of the ritual. That's just you trying to be fucking magically minded. It's what you do afterward, the actions that you take after the ritual. That's the difference. That's what's important. That is where I am right now. We use the vigor gained from satanic ritual in order to take control of our own lives. That's the dynamically transmitted force as I see it. It's you energized, empowered, focused. Uh, so whether you believe, I guess is my sum up here, in prayer or ritual is, is not as important, I think, than realizing that they have potential benefits. They just do. Through scientific study, they do. Whether one is better than the other, as Satanists should know, good is what you like, evil is what you don't like. It just depends on where you're standing at the moment. And so I guess as a sort of final statement on my part between the two, I would say do what works for you. And I don't give a fuck because I'm going to do what works for me, right? So what do you guys have to say about this? Um... <laughs> so much praying, so little happening, yeah. I pray to you, Sky Daddy, can I please, please, please have the thing? If you're going to buy it afterward, then you've got it. <laughs> Basic prayer is nonsensical to you. Uh, besides the pleading aspect, it's too short of a ritual to truly put someone in the proper mindset. Meditation, greater magic, etc. taps the subconscious. I like that. Um... Yeah, there, there's been a lot of studies about the connection between prayer and meditation. And the truth is, there's not really much of a connection at all. Um, when, you, when you look at the way that the individual's mind works during both. Uh, to you, someone praying is believing in a heaven that they're going to go to. So it's fucking infuriating. I'll pray for you with such a passive aggressive. Yeah, it is. Fuck yeah, it is. Um... Yeah, it's interesting because the truth is, is I don't see anyone in here really disagreeing that when you're suspending disbelief in the ritual chamber, you're doing the same thing as praying. You're asking Satan for help to realize your desires, right? There's a lot of external understandable sniping but when you drill down to the core i don't see anyone really addressing that i find that kind of interesting uh that being said <laughs> i'm a satanist i don't pray <laughs> uh i i i mean I, I ritualize from time to time but not very often I'm, I'm pretty successful with lesser magic in this type of arena when i want to get my will done but yeah i don't know and, and the thing is, is, I'm not trying to bring up any hypocrisy in anyone's mind or anything, but I do like to examine the realities behind things, right? It's only fair 
to claim that you accept reality when you examine others' perspectives as well as your own. Then you have this broader understanding of reality. If you're just focused on you, you don't know if it's reality. It could just be perception. There's people uh, in, in therapy and on uh, drugs coping with trying to correct their realities everywhere around the world. So, you know, it's a little different. I like that dog. Um, there's a really good verbalization of why I tend to not go to greater magic when there's a lesser magic answer. Yeah, you should always, always in my opinion, greater magic is for those things that you cannot deal with, you cannot control, you cannot overcome by yourself. Then you go to the ritual chamber. Other than that, stand up and be a goddamn Satanist. <laughs> Pull up your bootstraps. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, Let's move on to some Infernal Informers, shall we? Do a half an hour on fucking Satanic Ritual. How many hours have I talked about that shit already? I really like what uh, Jeff said there. The real difference is suspension of disbelief versus actual belief. That's a pretty brilliant way of putting it. All right. Trump signs executive actions after stimulus talks break down on Capitol Hill. This is from CNN. President Donald Trump tried to assert executive power by signing four actions on coronavirus relief Saturday one of which will provide as much as $400 in advanced unemployment benefits after Democrats in the White House were unable to reach an agreement on a stimulus bill this week. But the memorandum on enhancing unemployment benefits has more strings attached than the White House acknowledged and is seen as a cumbersome effort that may not help a lot of un un unemployed. The other three actions he signed include a memorandum on a payroll tax holiday for Americans earning less than hundred grand a year, an executive order on assistance to renters and homeowners, and a memorandum on deferring student loan payments. A state must agree to enter into a financial agreement with the federal government for any unemployment person living there to get any of the additional benefits. And the federal government is requiring states to pick up the tab for 25% or $100 of the $400 additional benefit each person may be able to receive weekly in additional aid. But when asked about the president's executive action asking states to pay 25% of the $400 unemployment relief, an official from a northeastern state run by a Democrat governor laughed. We don't have the money, the official said. The official went on to say that they were not given any heads up on this executive action and that in the wake of the pandemic, their funds are completely tapped already. In fact, states have asked Congress to provide them with an additional $500 billion to help shore up their budgets, which have been crushed by the loss of tax revenue amid the pandemic. This has been one of the main points of contention between Democrats who want to allocate additional aid and Republicans who don't want to bail out what they say are badly managed states. Already, 10 states have borrowed nearly $20 billion from the Treasury Department to cover their share of payments, which typically lasts 26 weeks. Also, because Congress has not authorized an extension of extra federal unemployment assistance, the state will have to set up an entirely new system to deliver the additional aid, which could take months. Lastly, according to the memorandum, an individual can only receive the $300 federal benefit if she or she uh, first qualifies for $100 in aid from their state. Evermore said that this will cut out a large group of people. There are so many problems with people getting a benefit under this, she told CNN. Trump said he believes that the unemployment aid will be rapidly distributed, even though there are potential challenge over the legality of his executive action. The pen and phone theory of executive lawmaking is unconstitutional slop, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska said in a statement Saturday night. 
President Obama did not have the power to unilaterally rewrite immigration law with DACA, and President Trump does not have the power to unilaterally rewrite the payroll tax law. Under the Constitution, that power belongs to the American people, acting through their members of Congress. The payroll tax cut is one of Trump's favorite tax moves that both parties have opposed, including the latest stimulus bill. One of his memoranda calls for deferring the employment portion of payroll taxes, 6.2% for Social Security and 1.45% for Medicare, for workers making less than $100,000 a year through the rest of 2020. He says if he's re-elected, he plans to forgive the taxes and make permanent cuts on the payroll taxes. Otherwise, presumably, workers will have to pay the taxes at the end of the year. It's August. We're over halfway through the year. You think the tiny amount of fucking Social Security and Medicaid payments in a payroll tax are really going to help people that can't pay their fucking rent because they haven't been allowed to work so they can't pay any Medicare or state fucking taxes? The idea that payroll tax cuts help anyone is pure stupidity. It does nothing but degrade the future of Medicaid and Social Security, two of the most popular social instruments in America. That's it. So the consequences are hurting those who can't work because they were told they shouldn't, those who were fired because they told they had to be, those who work, and those who employ those who work in this shit economy right now. No one fucking benefits from this. But hey, it's a notch. It's a nudge. It's a tweak of the cheek. He's helping the, the, the average man with this executive order. And if you believe that, you're a fucking idiot. I can't believe anyone fucking accepts this type of bullshit from a fucking loser who has bankrupted six fucking businesses of his own, has never made any fucking money, is currently under fucking legal investigation on a number of fucking counts, is an unindicted co-conspirator in federal fucking crimes, is a goddamned fucking assaulter. Our president. No wonder why the world is fucking laughing at us and we are going down in a hail of fucking fire and brimstone. And we're not even getting the courtesy of a reach around. Maybe that's what bugs me the most. It doesn't matter what this fuckhead does. It's not going to... Where's the fucking wall? Are we sick of winning yet? Every promise that this prick has offered us has failed or never even been attempted because he's a fucking loser. Everyone. And now, when he's faced with seemingly losing to Biden, holy shit. The crypt keeper who hasn't been seen in public in months losing to him. This fuckhead is trying to leverage the fucking trust of the public by saying, hey, I'm going to save you two or three dollars if you're lucky enough still to work on your payroll. And I won't make you pay it back. Maybe if you reelect me, maybe. You fucking idiots. If you believe anything this prick says. You're a fucking loser. Of course, the reality is they already fucking know that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so desperate to believe his bullshit. Fucking people. God damn it. And I love how people fucking are like, hey, Adam, will you please stop talking about politics? <laughs> how? How? You tell me how. I'll stop. These motherfuckers. All right. Next one. I can't. I can't do it. I'm going to lose my shit. Joe Biden says he won't stand in the way of a possible prosecution of Trump. Sounds good, right? Just wait. This is Salon.com. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden told NPR on Thursday that while he was unsure if it was a 
If it was good for democracy, if elected, he would not stand in the way of a hypothetical Justice Department prosecution of President Donald Trump for crimes committed in office. You don't think it's good for democracy to hold those in the position of power to the letter of the law? And I don't blame Biden because he's always been a shitty corporatist fuckhead. I blame Obama. Yeah, that's right. He let fucking piece of shit fucking Bush get off on fucking war crimes, invading a country for no fucking reason, burying us in a fucking war, killing thousands of Americans and untold thousands of foreign civilians, torturing civilians. He allowed that just to go because, hey, we need to move on. We can't worry about the past daddy-o. Who cares about fucking laws and, and checks and balances and setting fucking precedent? The reason why Trump exists is because of the vacuum of law created in the Obama White House. Because he didn't do shit because of the Bush fucking White House. Why the fuck would we not prosecute crimes, however small, when you have people in jail for possession of a fucking weed? Trump has been connected with alleged illegal activity by his former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, and investigators working for formal special counsel Robert Mueller. Which isn't clear is whether federal authorities are investigating the present, uh, president or whether prosecutors might take action against Trump if he no longer enjoyed the privileges that protect him from being indicted as a sitting president. Quote, in terms of saying, I think the president violated the law, I think the president did this, therefore, go on and persecute him. I will not do that. End quote, Biden said. He will not prosecute a fucking criminal for his criminal acts. Why? Because he's fucking rich. Because he's not a regular fucking person. And you can hide behind this bullshit idea of it's better for democracy if we don't fucking prosecute criminals if they're rich. Fuck you! I'm like knee deep in the Federalist Papers and this is exactly what they were talking about. That this case would never happen in a Federalist government. And yet, here we are people, let's jazz hands our way through the fucking bullshit. Progressives has expressed concern that Biden could follow the lead of his former boss, President Barack Obama, who said that the country should look forward, not back, when it came to his predecessor, former President George W. Bush. That's right. <sighs> Obama set precedent by not prosecuting a criminal. Biden will not prosecute a criminal. Trump is a proven repeated criminal. Those are facts. And nothing's going to happen. And nothing's going to change. Because both parties are bought and sold by fucking corporate interest. And it's that simple. There's only one way out, people. Only one fucking way. Vote for non-corporatist Democrats and non-corporatist Republicans. It's that simple. Start in your town and extrapolate out. All right, let's do a little... Uh... Oh, wow, I went through that fast. I went through that way fast. Damn, we're talking about ritual more than I was talking about news. Uh, fuck it. Maybe it'll be an early show. My voice is going anyway. Uh, what do you guys have to say about this? Let's talk about that. Truth is, the Democrat leadership of the California is a thousand times worse than Trump. Um, it depends on whether or not you want to uh, speak to actual corporate crimes or you just want to talk about fairness, because those are the differences. 
Um, Madison Sanity in All Directions by Design. I can't argue with that. Those who don't want to take uh, talk about politics are part of the problem. They refuse to have the uncomfortable conversations, and thus nothing gets corrected. Fucking yeah. Hail Satan to that, man. Uh, those who don't get involved with politics are doing just fine by making their own decisions for themselves. The problem is, is you're affected by politics, whether or not you're making good decisions for you or not. Your society, the environment, everything around you is affected by politics. So you may be making your best uh, decisions for you, but you're still affected by everything else. Um, <laughs> isn't the one law for them and one for us thing something we've already discussed and decided was a bad idea? Yep, 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 from the beginning, and yet here it is. The problem is, the, the reason why we have it is we don't hold people accountable. That's the fucking reason why it perpetuates. We don't hold people accountable. If we did, there would be consequences for actions. In the absence of consequences, do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. And I don't give a fuck about all the fucking lip service that anyone gives to the idea that, no, even presidents are not above the law. When there were fucking crimes committed, he was impeached in the House, and the Senate towed their fucking party lines instead of admitting to the fucking crimes that the Mueller report brought to light. Crimes. And I don't care whether you think they're small or big crimes. They are fucking crimes. And if we don't hold people account, they will continue to destroy the democracy that we are faking that we have right now and go into a full-blown dictatorship that we are attempting to do right now. Hey, let's delay the elections. What the fuck do you think that was? What do you think that was? That was a feeler. Hey, how, how, does, uh, how does the public feel about a dictatorship? What do you guys think? Let's dip our toes in the water. Hey, I didn't, I didn't suggest it. It was just a, a question. I, I wasn't really asking it. It was just on social media. Hey, how about a guy who was convicted in a jury of his peers for federal fucking crimes, I'm going to let off the hook because he's the guy that talked to Russia for me. But no one's going to do anything about it because Republicans are terrified and Democrats are making too much money just saying they're angry. We got to vote them all out. Every fucking one of them. All of them. Get them the fuck out. We are all affected by this. We're all staying home or wearing fucking masks over our faces because of decisions that were made on a fucking federal government level. We are all affected by this right now. Do something about it. Okay, let's talk about the host. I'm getting pissed, man. I'm getting fucking pissed. All right, all right, all right. Let's see here. So I was flipping through Shutter, and I ran across this image, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> it's only like fifty some odd minutes, so I just sort of, you know, sat down, leaned back, and hit play, and I'm really glad I did. All right, so the. Uh, setup is six friends get together during lockdown for their weekly zoom call it's Haley's turn to organize an activity and instead of a quiz she's arranged for a medium to conduct a seance Ooh. bored and feeling mischievous Gemma decides to have some fun and invents a story about a boy in her school who hanged himself however 
Her prank gives license for demonic presence to cross over. Taking on the guise of the boy in Gemma's made-up story, the friends begin noticing strange occurrences in their homes as the evil presence begins to make itself known, and they soon realize that they might not survive the night. Okay, so this is one of those found footage films set during the pandemic of the past couple months. Um, and here, here's like my feeling about most of these um, found footage films is that the vast majority of them are terrible. They play on tropes that have been existing since the beginning of found footage films. And they're just not inventive or interesting or really even scary. Um, the original Blair Witch in the time that it was released is a fucking gold standard. Uh, Paranormal Activity, when it was released, the first one, gold fucking standard. This, <laughs> it's reversed my camera, this is a gold fucking standard. It takes all of the tropes that we know are there, we know what to expect, we even know what's coming, and it still scares you, because it's different. The approach is original and different. And it's not a COVID-19 story where they're focusing on the sadness of the disease or being locked down. They're just dealing with life. And they're trying to distract themselves from dealing with life. And it ends up being this insane fucking crazy experience. And so the entire setup is the Zoom call, right? And so it's all set within this Zoom call 40-minute boundary. And then crazy shit starts happening like halfway through the film. You get the whole first half set up and you get to meet these actors and they're good. And you get to like unravel the story for yourself, the, the inner relationships between these actors and it's great. And the story setup is fine. And then the madness starts happening and it's so fucking fun. It's great. All right, so this was written by Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jeb Shepard. It was directed by Rob Savage. The film has its basis in a short video created by Rob Savage in early 2020, and Shudder asked him if he could make it a feature length. They were so blown away with it, what he did. Host was filmed while quarantine restrictions were in place due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and Savage had to direct the actors remotely while they had to set up their own cameras, their own lighting, and perform their own stunts. The practical effects were also handled by the actors and a virtual workshop was held on how to set up effects such as moving doors, making things fly off shelves, etc. Savage has stated that the movie took 12 weeks to complete from conception to its delivery to Shudder. It is so much fun, this film. Genuinely creepy goodness. If you like horror films, if you like found footage films, if you like twists on established ideas, this is gold <laughs> it was so great i had such a good time i was actually a little freaked out like at the end I, like i've watched so many damn scary movies i don't really normally get scared i get a little uh, you know adrenaline uneasy because of like jump scares and stuff like that your adrenaline just reacts this it has eerie setup and that's scarier to me personally than jump scares but the payoffs that you get at the final like 10 15 minutes are just pure madness gold. It is so good. So good. You've got, if you like horror films, you've got to watch this. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. And it's only an hour. So you have literally nothing to lose. You just got the best hour of your life handed to you on a platter with your Shutter subscription. So good. Um, all right. Uh, wait, what? You watch Bird Box for the first time? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, first of all, conceptualize how challenging it is to be on set getting people to do what you want them to do, let alone setting up practical effects and stuff like that. And then remove the set altogether, add the distance of whatever, and you just have to talk to them through the internet. And we all act like that's not a big deal or anything, but if you've ever actually had a Zoom call or you've ever had like a meeting online, it's a pain in the ass sometimes. Like people are talking over each other. You're trying to hear what someone said, but it's stuttering through the audio of the internet. The video's coming in and out. This was great. The whole thing was great. So they must have done so many damn takes of setup, playthrough, setup, playthrough, just to get the right fucking shots. Oh, it's gold. And I've always loved, and I always will love this idea of demonic entities being brought into our corporal realm as it were because of our own folly i love that idea so much because it's inherent within the stupidity the ignorance of the individual right all we want to do is have an experience 
The problem is we just can't control the intensity of the experience or the lasting effects of the experience. That's the human experience. That's what's so great about it. We move through life with intention, trying to adjust and alter and shift and move. But ultimately, we don't have very much control over virtually anything. And so we're always going to inevitably find ourselves bombarded with things that we never anticipated or simply cannot control. That's what these types of stories do best. Your demonic entity is a stand-in for anything. A rival employee. Uh, a, a natural catastrophe. A death in the family. Whatever it is. It's just this traditional stand-in for a human moment which we have no control and we have no expectation or understanding of how to get out of. And all we can do is dig in and deal with it. And that's what's so great about these horror films is because you're, you're, you're constantly confronted with these people in that moment and you can connect with it even if the situation is bombastic and sort of out of this world. You can connect with the emotional resonance that they're experiencing because it is inherent in all of us in our regular day-to-day -day lives. I love it. I absolutely love it so much. Um... Fuck Zoom minis, man. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. No, they're definitely annoying. Uh, you guys got to check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's good times. All right. That's all I have for you. That's it. I got nine more minutes. What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> My throat actually hurts. I did not expect to yell earlier on. Oh, and for those of you who don't like me raising my voice, I, I hate to say it, but you probably need to go to a different podcast. Um, as a flaw, uh, I have to at least be honest enough to admit that I'm a little bit of a, I'm, I'm a little bit controlled by emotions. Uh, I, I don't have as much control over them as I'd like to think I have. And so when I'm sort of in a, when I'm in a groove, I guess, it just, it, it comes out and I just got to let it run its course. <clears throat> Otherwise, who knows? I might explode. You know, you don't want to see that on camera. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to the live audience for sending in your, oh, Babadook's awesome. Babadook. So good. That was such a good one. Ugh. I love scary movies. God damn it, they're so good. Um, if you want to support this channel, <laughs> I'm very... Oh, that was another comment I got. Be less ADD. If it was an option. <laughs> I totally would, man. I totally would. But don't always have control. Um, uh, if you want to subscribe <laughs> in order to support the show, I would appreciate it. Of course, the email list is in the, uh, the link of, for the email list is in the description of the video below. And of course, if you're getting this via audio podcast, and I know some of you do, give me a like. Uh, well, I guess it's not a like, it's like a rating. Give me a rating and a review if you can uh, find the time. I certainly would appreciate it. So thank you all so much for tuning in. And until next week, hail Satan. And maybe try a ritual. Just saying, they're a lot of fun too, and you do actually get stuff out of it. So, try it.